0: beer nerds and welcome to the podcast today is friday april 22nd 2016 uh episode seven now man seven episodes in seven breweries down many more to go thank you all so much for subscribing and listening and, and it's getting to the point now where where i'm uh looking up building breweries on on twitter search criteria and uh, all of a sudden i see people argue about whether or not somebody said something on building breweries and they're just complete strangers and when i first saw that it was kind of uh, it was kind of surreal to be honest so it's cool and I'm, ve- I'm very appreciative of, of your support and continued support if you haven't done so already please subscribe and rate on itunes it's our best chance to get as many breweries on here as possible um If you are a brewery and you think you have an interesting story, please let me know. I'd be happy to hear it and maybe talk to you and get something figured out in the interim. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, MolarMD. Okay, we're going to Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm joined by Dave Engbers. He is the co-founder of Founders Brewing Company. Dave, what are you up to today?
1: my cabin trying to get a few things done that I can't usually get done with my kids around. So
0: Oh man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're calling me from the cabin, man.
1: Yeah, not a problem. Um yeah, and also kinda nice to get away and uh without sometimes the hustle and bustle of the, the brewery I can get a lot of emails kicked out and get a lot accomplished.
0: So oh, that's Come cool. On. That that's awesome. All right, so let let's let's go back um to the I guess the mid nineties or so um, with, with you and co-founder Mike Stevens, how did you all meet? Yeah. Mike and I met at, uh, we
1: were both at Hope College, small, uh, small school in Holland, Michigan, not too far from Grand Rapids. And, um, I met Mike my first day of college and, uh, we, we soon became, uh, fast buddies. And, um, yeah, this was just kind of one of those dreams. I've been homebrewing, um, I guess about my freshman year in college, um, and uh, beer became a pretty important part of our lives. And this was uh, one of those three o'clock in the morning pipe dreams. Like, what are we going to do when we get
0: out of here? So, and, so uh, what was that first? Anyway, what was that first conversation like? The first conversation. Yeah, about opening up the brewery with with Mike Stevens.
1: Well, I think uh, I mean that was that obviously wasn't our, our first uh, first meeting.
0: No, sure. Um, but- just the
1: first that, that serious years conversation. Later. But, it, you know, quite honestly, it was it was uh, fairly simple. Uh, beer had become a pretty important part of our lives. Um, you know, I'd been home brewing by this time, you know, several years. And uh, I think Mike and I both worked at beer wholesalers at the time. And the craft beer thing was really just starting, you know, kind of this is kind of that second um, wave. And... um At the time there were only a handful of breweries in the state of michigan larry bell down at uh at at the time it was calamazoo brewing company um he started brewing in 85 and so this is uh you know probably eight years after that Hmm.
0: and your, your your first facility was on canal street is that right
1: well no you would think
0: no okay so
1: originally we were canal street brewing company but uh, we were located on Monroe, and um, that was one of the, the first mistakes we ever made. Sure. Our, uh, our the developers of our building told us that they were going to call the the, the building that we were uh, that we had signed a ten year lease in the Canal Street building because that was the name of the street. Um, you know, 80 years ago, there used to be a canal that ran down the, the Grand River and Grand Rapids. Anyway, they. Had, they had told us they had petitioned the city and they were going to change the name of the street back to its original Canal Street. And uh, apparently the city did not see eye to eye with them and denied their request. So we were Canal Street Brewing Company on Monroe Avenue Brewing Founders Ales.
0: <laughs> I love it. Besides, what uh, was there any kind of significant uh, history or significance to that that building that you were in?
1: Well, you know, the the building that we were originally in was called the Wolverine Brassworks building. Um, And, you know, that that was just kind of a dilapidated old building. Um, But it was kind of in the heart of where many of the old furniture factories um, used to be located. And um, Grand Rapids has a a rich history of building some of the the best furniture in the world. Hmm. And... um, Anyway, so that's where a lot of the furniture factories were, and along with those factories came the saloons and the brothels. And so there were a bunch of old kind of uh, buildings that were built probably over 100 years ago. And so um, it wasn't in the heart of Grand Rapids because we couldn't afford it, and it was a, a building that had a heck of a lot of character, and so that's, that's really what attracted us to that, that building, and the, uh, and the rent was cheap at the time
0: yeah was there any sort of beer history in that part of town at the time?
1: Well uh, in that part of town yeah there were um quite a few breweries in that area not not in the building that we were in sure. but um surrounding surrounding that area there were um multiple breweries that that took place and and you know speaking of that the the original name founders um that the the name founders is really okay so if uh, if you google uh, you know any of our first labels our, our first labels had uh, a depiction of uh, you know four of the original brewers at one of the factories at one of the one of the original breweries sure, yeah. In Grand
0: Rat. yeah all right so so a couple college guys get together they make their bre- they create their brewery and they open it up um, so I guess the first few years they're doing they doing the th- their thing and then all of a sudden, you and Mike kind of find yourself on the verge of bankruptcy. Is that is that right?
1: Yeah. So you know, like like many of the breweries at the time, there the I don't know the, the educated craft consumer just wasn't out there. So originally, um, you know, our philosophy was we need to build a consumer base, and so all the all the beers that we originally were brewing were all quite pedestrian.
0: So, a- ambers Everything. and pale ales?
1: Pale ale, amber ale. Uh, we, we had a, a nice porter. Uh, we did an American wheat with coriander and orange peel like everyone else. <laughs> so, it, it was pretty cookie cutter. And um, around the time that we opened up, um, you know, so did a handful of other breweries in the state of Michigan. And our business model wasn't working. We are losing a lot of money. Our investors had kind of... Uh, I guess they've kind of given up on us because we, we, we didn't really know what we were doing from a business standpoint. We, we kept saying, oh, if we only had $20,000, then, <laughs> then all our troubles would go away. And the reality is we probably needed $300,000. Um, yes. But, you know, uh, we've never done this before, so it's it a big learning curve. Um, and so, um, you know, the, we defaulted on our bank loan. Uh, we hadn't paid the government in quite a while. We hadn't paid taxes in a while, and um, like I said, going back to our our investor pool just didn't seem to be working anymore. And so we said, "What if we did something completely out of the box and start brewing beers that we want to drink?" And um, it was kind of our hail mary. It was if if we're going to go out of business, let's do it on our own terms.
0: And, uh, go out fighting. What's that? Go go out swinging. So yeah, absolutely.
1: And so. Uh, we said let's brew something that we we knew it had to be it couldn't be uh, a huge IPA because at the time IPAs people hadn't really acquired a a deep love for hops yet Hmm. so we knew we had to do something big rich and malty and so that was kind of the that was the the catalyst to creating Dirty Bastard and um, so Dirty Bastard Sky Jail hit um, and you know that a couple of things happened. One, it, it was a uh, it was a beer that we were we're extremely proud of. It was really bold, very complex. Um, and instead of Founder's Pale Ale, we had Dirty Bastard. So it, it started becoming a little bit more fun. Um, we became a bit more irreverent, and I, I really think more of our our personalities started to shine through the the products.
0: So, so in the end, I guess you can say that Dirty Bastard kind of saved your company at the time.
1: Well, Dirty Bastard, I well, it didn't save it, but it, it sure as hell put us on the put us on the right path. And um, you know, soon after um, Dirty Bastard came out, um, I think that that's what kind of gave us the confidence to kind of run our own business. And um, you know, prior to that, we were really kind of leaning on our investors and asking, asking a lot of opinions. And, and after that, we, we basically said, this is our, this is our game. And so, um, you know, from a product standpoint, um, we started looking at things completely differently and started saying, you know, the, the phrase we used at the time was we brew beer. We want to drink. Um, we've kind of modified that now. And now we just say brewed for us
0: Breed for us. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um,
1: but the, the, probably the most important thing that came out of that was, um, it, like I said, it gave us confidence to run our own business. And, you know, the the, the fact is, people have been brewing beer for about 10,000 years. Um, and so we said, why don't we throw away the rule book and let's just do it our own way? So that's when we started experimenting with chocolates and coffees and fruits and uh, vegetables. Um, we started barrel aging soon after that. So um, we really started you know, basically just um, doing whatever we wanted to. And it, it really became, you know, very, uh, I don't know, I guess somewhat selfish, but um, in doing that, we found out that there was,
0: We'll get to that in a second, but let, let's assume for a second that um, that that, the, that plan didn't work, and uh, you know your doors are locked shut. What did you What did you assume that you could do with a bolt cutter? You kind of do you, you? kind of do whatever you have to to survive. And, so, um, so you were you were, you were afraid. Storm. So you were afraid that they would chain the doors shut, and so you thought, "Hey, I'll go to the local hardware store and get some bolt cutters, so we can get back inside and start brewing." Is that right?
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, it was, that oh. was, our entire world was in that
1: in that uh,
0: building. Yeah, well, it it seemed to work out after all, and you didn't actually have to to, to cut anything, and and you kept the uh, the uh, the bolt cutters as a trophy in your office, didn't you? Is that still there? I, did, I do. I still have them.
1: They're, uh, they're in my office
0: right now. Is it, is it like mounted up on a wall or like in the corner somewhere? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. <laughs> my office is very tidy. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and, and later on you actually named a beer after it. Is that is that correct? That is correct for our, uh, our 15th anniversary. Okay, so you're, years later you, you remembered the bolt cutters. All right, so you're yeah. talking about you. You have this new identity as a as a brewery. You're making things. You're you're making really inventive things. You're pushing the envelope. And uh, well, it's it's April, so let's just go ahead and talk about it. Uh, the Kentucky Breakfast Stout. Now, I'm I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, um, so the name automatically you know strikes a chord with me. How did how did you all get the idea for the Kentucky Breakfast Stout specifically?
1: Well, the uh, we'd already been brewing a beer uh, called Breakfast Stout, so. Breakfast spout is an oatmeal, double chocolate, double coffee style. Um And I, quite honestly, I don't I don't remember who had the idea. It, it certainly was not my idea. Um, but I don't know if it was Mike or uh, we had a, a brewer, Nate Walser, who was with us at the time. And uh, Jeremy Kazmicki, who is our brewmaster, um, who's been with us, here, has been with us for 15, 16 years now. Uh, I don't know if it was Nate's idea or Jer's idea or Mike's idea, but, um, somehow we came across a handful of barrels. I think there was two or maybe four of them our first year. And, um, you know, we, we had some of this breakfast out and someone basically said, what if we, uh, when the, when the barrel showed up, what, what should we put in there? And everyone kind of agreed that breakfast out would be the beer. And, um. Anyway, we threw it in there, and um, you know, after after a couple months, we tried it, and um, we obviously liked what what we tasted. It was completely different. We've never never experienced anything like that, and I don't I don't know if we were the first brewery to ever put beer into a bourbon barrel, but. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's a handful of other breweries doing it too. Did
0: you get them? Um, did you get the barrels from just one specific distillery, or were they kind of all over the place? And is that still your practice today?
1: Um. Well, I think at the time we got them from one specific distillery. Hmm. Um. And quite honestly, I mean, yeah, I, I I wish that we could get um some specs on the barrels to know what barrels we were using that first batch and um how. Were they five-year, eight-year, 13, sure. or 24s? But we have, <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs>
0: you you just lucked uh, out with some barrels.
1: Well, whatever, I'll tell you this. Whatever we put the, whatever barrels they were, they were they were old. They were dried out. Because I remember when we put, uh, when we transferred um, beer in there, that there was just beer. Just It was like pouring beer through a sieve. It was just, mm. just pouring right out. Hmm. Um, but a, a couple things happened. Uh, something magical happened um, that we'd never experienced before. Um, you know, tasting tasting a beer uh, that ultimately turned into Kentucky breakfast spout. Um, you know, initially, the, the beer was, was great. It had all these bourbon notes. But um, there's no question that we thought the bourbon was too strong. Um, and so what we did the following year is when we um, when we came out with you know what the what is now the, the version of Kentucky Breakfast Stout. So we made kind of an imperial version of our of our regular Breakfast Stout. Um, so it has a, a much bigger malt backbone to support all those bourbon notes. So um, anyway, and you know I always say we brew the beer, we don't brew the hype sure Um, the beer's great it's it's really created um you know really I think it's one of these beers now that has such a reputation and um you know people we we now do a KBS week up at the brewery um it's a ticketed event um just because we couldn't we couldn't manage the, the number of beer enthusiasts coming in all for one day and uh so now we spread it out over the over a week and um it's really fun we uh we put KBS on tap. We do three tappings a night, all over, all over town, all over Grand Rapids, and uh, it, it kind of forces the, the folks that come in from out of town to support the, the retailers that have been supporting our brand. So it, it's a it's a win win for everyone.
0: Yeah, it, it's 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 crazy uh, how much that the, the craze is for it. Uh, I don't I don't know if I'm if I'm speaking out of school here or anything, but uh, recently I, I've read different stories about you know local distributors and in, in local. Um, in local uh, liquor stores, saying that okay, if you want if you want Kentucky Breakfast uh, KBS, um, you have to you know only you can only buy one, and you have to buy a six pack of another founder's product.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a tough deal because the the beer is you know truly so sought after. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I really don't know the right way for retailers how to deal with it. You know. I, I understand that you know they're trying to um you know for for retailer to get it they they essentially have to sell a heck of a lot of our beer yeah throughout the year so for them to kind of leverage that and say you've got to buy a a six pack of another founder's beer um you know i
0: don't know yeah i i I get it it's it's, that was just funny it's
1: better than gouging, you know
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: years ago a bunch of retailers i mean people were charging you know I I heard as much as a hundred dollars for a four pack.
0: Whoa.
1: Um, you know, and we still sell it for, um, like 19 or $20, uh, a four pack. We've never, I don't think we've ever changed the price. Good. But, um, you know, when, when in today's world, there, there's no secrets anymore. So if, if a retailer is gouging, um, you know, we, we ask people to, to contact our, our wholesaler or contact founders and then um, the next time any of our specialties, our specialty beers or back taste beers come out, um, you know we we tell our our uh, distributors to um, you know maybe leave those people off the list because beer should be accessible. It shouldn't be pretentious. It should be accessible to, to everyone. So
0: sure. Um, yeah.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Um, I, I've heard a rumor, and, and you can either dispel this or, or confirm it, that there are currently barrels of uh, KBS that have been in the caves and in the barrels since 2011. Is that true at all? Well, I can't confirm that. You can't. Well, okay. So if if you did, you would have a you would have a plan, assuming that you were.
1: I will say that we always have a plan.
0: You always have a plan. Okay. We don't
1: do anything by mistake anymore.
0: Okay. We used, have, we
1: used to have a handful of happy mistakes,
0: but. Okay. Uh, yeah, we don't. We don't have. We don't. Almost everything
1: we do now is is pretty well thought out, and uh, and quite honestly, I I really I've been I haven't been down in the mines in a few months. Um, and
0: who knows what's possible
1: that some of these
0: barrels have gotten lost or
1: misplaced.
0: Uh, who knows? All right, so that, that, that's fair leave, I'll, we'll, I'll leave it. At that. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. That's fine. Um, okay. So moving on to more recent history, um, some different changes have happened through through your brewery, and, and I, I personally believe that the term craft beer, craft brewery, is is more in the eye of the beholder. Um, I guess in the last couple of years, the Brewers Association uh, said that Founders is no longer considered a craft brewery. For I guess due to the thirty uh, percent stake buyout by uh, Mahala uh, San uh, San Miguel, have you is have you have you fought that? battle at all is it is it something that you know you try to resist or is it just to say something well if you don't want us that's fine
1: well you know i I really you know i I really do think it's unfortunate that the the brewers association has taken that stance um i think i think they're going to have to make um make some changes or, or or maybe just live with the consequences but um you know, because of because of our deal, because we sold 30 percent of our um, company to a uh, a Spanish brewer, um, apparently we're, we're no longer considered a craft brewery. But if we sold 90 percent to a private equity firm or 100 percent to a private equity firm, which is essentially is an investment bank, yeah. um, then you're still considered a brewer. So um, this is what I know. I know that all the folks that work at Founders are brewers and work their ass off to brew the best beer that we can. And um, we still make all the decisions. We don't, uh, you know, nothing has really changed other than we've got some great investors across the pond. Yeah. And, um, they've been brewing beer for 125 years. So, um, anyway, they're great people. And I, you know... It'll be interesting to see what happens with the the BA. Um, you know, last year there there were quite a few deals that went down. Um, yeah. You know, Loganitas, yeah. uh, Loganitas, Fire, Firestone Walker. Um, and there's there's so many of them. Sure. So um, it'll you know, it'll uh, time will tell what the the BA decides to do. I mean, I,
0: I'm speaking as a consumer. I don't I don't have. Anymore, I don't have any skin in, in in the game at all, as as far as the beverage industry goes. So I'm not really, I'm not really going to let the Brewers Association tell me as a consumer what is considered craft and what isn't, especially when, by the way, I think it's a four percent or so holding, uh, or rather five percent uh, difference uh, that's holding you all back from that term. Uh, I think. I think. Well, it,
1: I, I guess ultimately, um, I mean, you said it you know, the the consumers will, you know, they will determine who's craft, and um, it it certainly, craft to me, um, what a world it would be if we were just all known as brewers, and we could, you know, maybe take this word craft and, um, you know, not really use it, because I'll tell you what, there there are a heck of a lot of brewers out there who aren't really making very good beer. and for them to call themselves craft because of their size or their investment, how uh, you know how they're structured as a company
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, has nothing to do with it. The quality of the liquid will determine what brewery
0: is craft. Kind, kind of along that same that same train of thought. Do you think that the craft industry, or maybe? you know the brewing industry as a whole it, it can ever, can it ever get too big I mean will a, you know a, a bubble burst of sorts or or is it okay the way it is Do do does iron sharpen iron like what what are your thoughts on that
1: well I, I think I think we've got a lot of breweries in the United States now about the same number um maybe even more than before prohibition um and I I, I honestly think that um You know, the consumers are getting wiser. Beer enthusiasts are doing their research. Um, And I I, I think with time, you know, the the small nano breweries, which, you know, they're, they're, you know, I I just kind of dissed a bunch of breweries saying there's a lot of breweries making lousy beer, but at the same time, there's a hell of a lot of breweries making, uh, there's a hell of a lot of breweries making good beer, and there's a handful of breweries making great beer consistently Mm -hmm. um so you know i i I think consumers will should um continue to train their palates and uh support the brewers that continuously um execute and make great product good beer is um, good beer good beer is good beer and uh, quite honestly and depending on like the the population um you know, even small towns, you know, if if a brewer's making good beer, they'll they'll probably do fine. Um, you know, we're we're trying to inspire brewery all breweries to make uh great beer. But um what what we're really trying to do is put the brakes on is the brewers that are making lousy beer to, you know, hone your craft. Um, you know, and it it's you know, I, I don't I don't need to you
0: know, no get on the go soap for soap it soapbox but
1: cause the reality was when, when we opened up our beers were good but they weren't great um but we also were in a time that people weren't walking around with you know phones in their pocket you know and there's no social media so we were really given a couple of years to to really figure out our uh you know really figure out our craft and hone it down and get better at it um Nowadays, if you know, a brand new brewery, you open the door and there's 500 people waiting for you and, you know, getting ready to jump on social media <laughs> and tell you if you're
0: good or not. Ooh, good good so I, I don't
1: envy any of these small brewers.
0: Man. What is, um, what is your relationship like with other Michigan breweries? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, we've got, we've got some killer brewers in, uh, in Michigan. So, um, You know and a lot of us started around the same time and so um you know i think we've all kind of figured out you know we've all done our little posturing a little bit and figured out who's who's who and um and i I think we all kind of respect each other in in that in that regard Hmm. um but a lot of us you know we kind of grew up doing this together you know and kind of building a consumer base and um yeah absolutely
0: okay fair enough um, okay, so I, I, know, I know you're pretty busy, so I'll, I'll let you go here in, in, uh, in a little bit. I have a couple more questions. Um, what was your most memorable drinking session? I mean, I know that's kind of an off-the-wall question maybe, but maybe just looking back, you know, you just had a really good time with a beer in your hand, or maybe it was a person that you are talking to or the, conver- or the conversation that you were having.
1: Oh, man. Uh, that's a tough question. Um I honestly don't know. I mean, I I can remember one of my favorite times was uh, drinking a beer with my grandfather, who who didn't have, uh, you know, he he was about 90 at the time. (laughs) Um, But it was just one of those those humbling moments. My grandfather was a minister, and uh, he did not drink beer very much. But uh, just the fact that I could sit down with my grandfather and drink one of our beers is kind of cool. Yeah, I like
0: Uh, that. Yeah.
1: we We are so humbled to to be able to do what we do. and you know every every week, um, you know nowadays we spend uh, I spend most of my time traveling, um, meeting with our wholesalers or our sales team. and um, so we're always doing uh, consumer events. And I just love the the fact that we get to travel around and um, you know share our story with others and hopefully inspire other people to live life with, without regrets and,
0: and kind of go for it and um, sure, you know it, it's great we're, we're
1: I would think that our beer is the conduit that brings people together and uh, yeah I mean we're, we're just so humbled that we get to do this for a living it's
0: awesome. Well in, in that, that's a perfect segue into my next question. In, in another life if you weren't working in the beverage industry what would you be doing? Uh, I think it will probably be an architect. Architect.
1: Yeah, I like architecture. Um, or maybe a farmer.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And do you have any uh, any future plans going on? Any events that you'd like to, us to know about?
1: Well, you know, we uh, we're, we, we broke ground about two weeks ago on phase two of our last expansion. Um, so that will think that I think about 25,000 square feet um we'll have a new high-speed canning line and uh we'll have additional space for uh for fermenters and then so that that will that will mean that we take up an entire city block um so that's wow. that's big and then uh, actually bigger we just purchased a uh Hundred ninety thousand square foot building um and we're putting in a uh we're gonna put in a a smaller brew house there we just installed a 300 barrel brew house um last year but we have a uh i think we're putting in a 85 barrel brew house in uh, that facility and that's where we're gonna really concentrate on our barrel aging program um and so I would say that the future will hold um, more barrel-aged beers for founders. Interesting. Uh, just because just those beers are, are oftentimes so difficult to uh, to find. Um, like you are talking about, KBS essentially yeah. is available one day a year. Um, so we're going to see if we can uh, maybe increase the volume on, on KBS, but also see if we can expand the, the barrel-aging. Uh, not for just backwoods bastard, but uh, maybe some other fun things to come out.
0: Well, I, I can't wait to hear about him um, last, but not, last, but not least, do you have a favorite Prince song? Favorite Prince song? Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I saw Prince do. Um, I don't. I don't know. It was, I think it was a concert for George. Uh, he he kind of took the lead on while my guitar gently weeps.
0: Ooh, okay Um and he kills it. Yeah he fucking kills it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a it's a very sad day right now, I guess. So hey, I really appreciate your time and uh, good luck in the future, alright? I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Alright, take care.
1: Yeah, bye bye.